This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air. Hello everyone. Takaho. Selamat datang. Konnichiwa. Hola. 안녕하세요. Assalamu alaikum. And Kiora. Connecting Cultures Features is a show by and for the beautiful and diverse multicultural people of Dunedin. Join me every Friday noon for Connecting Cultures Features on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM, podcast on oar.org.nz. I can do everything I 而是我可以因为他变成一个无敌的人。我可以为了自己喜欢的人去做从来没有想到过的事，不是为了突然让他担心，而是想告诉他，因为喜欢他，我可以克服那么多的难题。Raindrops on my face, blurring my illusion of the choices I could make. Hard enough to put myself together. Oh girl, don't you be afraid. I said to myself as I looked away. Raindrops on my face, washing up my silly little ways to hide away. I'm strong enough to make it through the rain. When I close my eyes, everything will be alright. Everything you said, I'll keep in mind. The rain will stop, the sun will shine. If you're by my side, everything will be alright. Thinking of your tender lullabies, you build an innocent sanctuary I can hide. You are the secret sanctuary I live by. When I close my eyes, everything will be alright. Everything you said, I keep in mind. I'm waiting for the morning light. You're still by my side. Everything will be alright. Thinking of your tender lullabies, you build a hidden sanctuary I can hide. You are the secret sanctuary I live by. You are my secret sanctuary. It is now 12 p.m. and you are listening to Connecting Cultures Features on RFM.
Kira everyone, welcome to Connecting Cultures Features, a show by, for, and about the multicultural people of Dunedin. Uh, so today we have Lin Zhang, a PhD student in social anthropology at Otago. Kia ora, Lin. Kia ora, Irina. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> I've wanted to talk to you for a while, but oh, you're such a busy person with your PhD, and I know that you know it's a um, crucial time as well. Last year for you during your studies. Oh yes, uh, so I'm doing this PhD research at the moment, and my research is on Chinese parents, so the moms and dads, why they send their adolescent children to study overseas, in particular in New Zealand. So I have been interviewing uh, parents in China and in New Zealand, and also educators, uh, the school teachers, uh, the principals in China and in New Zealand, and some of the international students. Yes, I want to find uh, why they are making these choices, how they are making these choices, and also um, like the obstacles they face, and uh, how can I help with the communication between the parents and the school in the future to facilitate the students' uh, study and life, happiness and success. So yeah, that's mainly about my research. That's a really interesting research. The first time I heard it, like, oh, that is so good. You know, it's um, very unique. And also it's something that we want to know. Like, um, like I personally um, would love to know um, and like because I was an international student, so uh, like I want to know as well, like oh, what's actually the reason why um, people send their children to study overseas? Um, we'll talk more about your research soon. Um, let's talk about your cultural identity. How would you define your culture? Oh, I think uh, my cultural identity is. Uh, I'm from mainland China. I grew up there. So I came here in 2016 when I was uh, 33. So so in New Zealand society, I think I consider myself as uh, uh, mainland Chinese and also international student. Yes. Mm. Which part of China? Uh, I'm from Tianjin, uh, Tianjin a city in the north. So we are very uh, close to the capital, Beijing, and we, we are also a harbor city. Mm. Can you tell us a bit about the city? Yes, so uh, we have, so I think Tianjin has a history of 600 years, and uh, we are originally a quite busy harbor and uh, trading city. So a lot of rivers come across Tianjin, and I think they come together to High River, our main river, and then go into the go into the sea. And also the Great Canal also come into Tianjin and then go into the sea. So uh, we were quite a busy uh, trading uh, city. And because we are very close to, to the sea, so our traditional cuisine is like salty and uh, and with a lot of seafood. So we have a like a sweet spot of the for the for seafood. Mm. It's better when it's in reason, uh, in season. So like every season, you have a, this certain uh, the the crab or shellfish you must have. Otherwise, it's a quite a quite a like a, a pity. 
And uh, yeah, we are a very big city. We have 15 million people. So every time I tell, tell other people like we have 15 million people, they're like, wow. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think Tianjin has a culture of very everyday life. Kind of we, we're not really like motivated to some the greater uh, success. We're more like enjoy the everyday life kind of city. So we are very famous for our breakfast uh, and uh, our stand-up comedy. So when, when I speak Tianjin dialect, uh, like people will say like, it sounds funny because we have this humor in uh, the sense of humor in our, our talks. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, I love to hear about how different demographics have different like food that's um special to them and you said because it's mm. near the sea so it's salty and like seafood based that's amazing you know um it really helps when you share mm. things like that uh, so people can visit now that borders are open we can go uh travel again um so when was the last time you went home oh that was uh during the pandemic so i went back home for actually for the field work for the interviews of my research so I went back uh, in December 2019, just before the pandemic, and I planned to come back to New Zealand in in May uh, 2020, but the, the border closed. So I actually went back in May 2021. So yeah, so it's like six months and turned out to be 18 months. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that, that is... was the last time I went back home. Yeah, so you were actually <laughs> a long in stay. China. You were actually in China when um, the pandemic, the first pandemic happened. Were you spending time with your family? Uh, yes, we're in the same city. And so I, yeah, yes. So I went back uh, to, to visit them every year, I think one or two weeks. Mm. Mm, that's really good. Um, at least, you know, yeah. um, even though it was longer than you planned, but the, the civil lining is that mm. you were with your family uh, during the whole time. I think that's very yeah. special. <laughs> yeah of course yeah um so when you were in china you did the field work for your um research what did you find from um interviewing people there i think the first thing actually normally social anthropologists when we go into the field the first uh, thing you will meet is all the hypotheses you have before you get challenge and sometimes will be entirely uh, kind of rejected. Uh, so the thing I found in my interview, the first thing was uh, all my hypothesis doesn't, didn't really work <laughs> about like why the parents are sending their children to overseas. I was more looking at middle class identity, uh, consum- uh, consumerism, uh, like how like this overseas schooling kind of become part of the uh, like uh, uh, construction of the middle class identity in the in the for the parents, but when I really interview the moms and dads, they are all talking about is actually not about like being middle class or this sort of thing because that is your child, and normally that is the only child they have. And uh, so the first thing I realize is it is a very difficult de- decision, not as um, normally, when we think about oh, rich parents dump their children to some uh, developed countries and just to give them something like 
uh, how's that experience of schooling. But actually, when I really interview the parents, you realize they are in this um, uh, sometimes are quite struggling conditions of whether they should send their teenagers overseas because mom and dad love their children. They 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 don't want to like be separated with their children, and also um, there's a risk of why teenagers are already in a very sensitive uh, age group and they're already difficult when they are with their parents. So when you send them to somewhere with different language, different cuisine, different cultural norms, social norms, and uh, you kind of don't know how to protect your child or how to take care of them. So that is a very difficult decision they make. That is the first thing I realized. And the second thing I realized, they, the, the parents, because of the um, schooling system in China, have certain style of schooling or the values of uh, teaching and also the certain power dynamic between teacher and students. Some parents uh, make this decision because their children didn't fit well in the public schooling in China. So they, they have to find something else for their children to thrive or have their creativity be acknowledged or have their uh, advantage in doing humanities, uh, certain subjects can be acknowledged in other schooling systems. So some parents make decisions based on this. And also some parents, they, more, they have more individualistic perspective of life. So they're talking about, mm, I don't need a, my, my kid to be uh, monetary success, successful. So I don't need them to earn a lot of money to kind of change my life because I've already done that. I want, want them to figure out who they are in a more liberal or free uh, environment. And then they can uh, figure out what they want to do with their life. If they want to become, uh, uh, for example, a builder, and if they're happy with it in New Zealand or in Australia, that is okay. Uh, as long as that is what he wants, that it was one uh, participant told me. So that is another style of uh, parents who are making this choice, just having more choices for the for the uh, for the students uh, for for their children. Uh, and also, some parents, the third part of the parents, were they are facing a lot of changes in the our public schooling system. For example, the examination system has been changing quite frequently for the for the recent years so and so uh some parents face this uh, uh situation like when the entrance examination from primary school to middle school uh, be, uh, what were transformed to a kind of a schooling lottery system the parents uh, are feeling their uh their children their effort in uh, put, have been putting have been put into this entrance examination won't be acknowledged because the result won't doesn't work really more anymore and they need to uh, just do the do a draw of the schooling lottery and and uh, they will be assigned to a certain middle school so that is a kind of breaking point for those parents like no my kids deserve better uh, better schooling uh, or they should have their autonomy of choosing where they want to do the schooling. So that is the reason they, 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 they go on to this overseas schooling journey. And uh, yeah, that's mainly the three types of parents I, I meet in, with my participants. I'm sure there will be 
um, more other uh, reasons why they do the do the things. But I realized that is a quite a complicated or like a complex of reason, like why they send their children overseas. Mm. Mm. That's something I realized. Mm. That's very interesting. I really like the point uh, when parents send their kids overseas because they want their kids to have autonomy to choose the path they want. Um, I think it's very brave mm. of that. Um, because like usually like the things the horror stories we've heard like for especially asian or ethnic parents they plan like <laughs> their child's pathway mm. since they're very young and um um they want their child to do this and the child obeys you know and uh, because of like social cultural stuff the child would obey because that's the culture we were born in um i was very fortunate to have parents who let me do whatever i want um, they sent me to New Zealand because um, my dad was a student at Otago. So uh, coming back to New Zealand for me feels like home. Um, but there are so many international students who come here for the first time uh, for reasons like that as well. You know, they, they're looking for a place uh, they can feel belong. They can look for a place they can strive better. Um, maybe they want to learn English, you know. Um, so that's a very interesting topic. Um, and mm. have you talked to like any of the inter- Chinese international students in Dunedin? Oh, that is uh, because that is not the focus on my research. So the uh, example size is not very big. But I I feel that is quite a challenging journey for everyone. And I'm also an international student when I came here. So I re- I understand all they're talking about, like uh, the cultural difference, like um, and also um, how to maintain the the bonding with the parents or our original country is also a challenge. Like one student I talked to, he talked about this bizarre feeling of this uh, of uh, how to say this location or. Like she, he said, several week, uh, two weeks ago, I was in uh, a city in, in China. You know that the feeling of the street, of where you are, of even the, the sense of smell in the air is different. And two weeks, uh, after two weeks, I'm here in Dunedin. Everything changed. Everything around you changed. Yeah. She, she just felt like Kant uh, got his head around of this change of the the environment and i totally relate to that yeah. because when i first came here i how in the air is different <laughs> your family because you know uh, only going after going through this journey of being the international student you know how different it is and how challenging it is how to like fit in but without being uprooted with your original culture and you may feel intensified feeling of your original culture like like I was in my second year or third year in Dunedin, there was a, a, a like in the in the in the Lanyuan, uh, the Chinese Garden, there was a celebration during the Chinese New Year, and there was a performance of a song we normally hear uh, on the day on the for Indian Chinese New Year. I just I just the tears just went down my my, my face and without realizing it. Mm. So that intensified feeling of uh, like who I'm who I am that that connection with the original country was very interesting so it's like this bond can we develop 
um, like the bond with where we are, like with Dunedin. And can we also have the bond <clears throat> with our regional country and the family? And also both, both bond bonding or connections could be dynamic. It's not like just static. It's, it is the way it is. It is ever changing and uh, in dynamic. And can the people we are bonding with or we connect with can realize the change we are going through and can uh, somehow adapt into this change. I think that's quite uh, critical. Mm. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing us about that. I think it's very vulnerable of you to um, open mm. up and tell us, um, you know, because you were an international student for so mm. long, since 2016. Yeah. Um, how did you mm. cope with it? Um, you know, being homesick, for example, how did you cope? Um, did yeah. you, were you here with um, people you know, mm. or were you alone? Um, I think my journey is, uh, I think at the start, I have I definitely have this roller coaster of the culture shock. Like the start, you have, oh, that's something I don't understand or something I feel confused. But you, you feel so interested, like, oh, I'm getting to know something new. And then you get to know those kind of, the, the bottom mood like oh and like it is not easy and you feel down feel a bit upset and then um, I think my research kind of helped me dealing with this uh, cultural how to say that this cultural encounter because I was here uh, for three, the first three years I didn't went back to China I was quite busy with study and uh, so I just stay here and after three years, the first time I went back to China for my first round of interview, the, the field work, I realized I had a culture shock in my hometown. <laughs> like suddenly, you know, after staying in the Nathan for three years, Tianjin has too many people on the street. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the LED light on all the shops and shopping malls are too vibrant to me. And I was like, oh my God, it's too much. And uh, so that half year of field work was kind of helping me reconnect to my hometown, but also feel feel a little bit like in the liminal, like I'm nowhere, I'm somewhere in the in between. Mm. And then I came back for half a year, uh, did some tutoring and also uh, do some uh, research in the Nathan. And then I went back again for the second round. So, and then I uh, kind of stuck at home for, for one more year. So that journey kind of, uh, I, I remember I told my friend, the feeling was like my identity or who I am has been become a, a doll. Like when you make making, you are making bread, the doll. And I've been like coming together and break down, coming together and break down. Mm. And my friend, she's, she's the volunteer colleague when I work in the night shelter, the night shelter. And she, she said, do you know what will happen after you just uh, making the dough for for a while? Well, I was like, what? Uh, and she she said the resilience. So it's like after this kind of uh, culture shock in different uh, places, Dunedin and Tianjin, actually you develop resilience in this journey of who you are, and uh, and you come out of it feeling more settled. I was like, wow. <laughs> She's so wise. <laughs> so wise. No, I love that analogy. Um, because 
same like um because i came to new zealand when i was young like 10 years old mm. um of course culture shock but then i uh, like mm-hmm. i got used to it and when i went back to malaysia at a young age i felt culture shock with my own culture uh mm. and then like i adapted again and then i came here again <laughs> to new zealand so the back and forth <laughs> needed a lot of adjustment and like always feeling like i'm not enough anywhere like i'm not malay enough like i don't really get the cultural references sometimes but i wouldn't get like the cultural references here like kiwi references um but i really love that analogy about the dough mm. because that actually makes sense um and um the resilience part is so important like the more you keep putting yourself in that situation the more flexible you are dealing with things like that in the future mm. yes it mm. is <laughs> yeah uh well thank you so much uh lynn for sharing with us about that um i really appreciate that story that part of you um so before we move on to the next part of the interview uh you brought a song for us to play can you share one of the songs uh yes i think the first song i want to share is uh, in the uh in the middle of the journey the first song i sent to you mm-hmm. yes can you so tell that us? is a song yeah that is a singer i really like called chen hongyu and this uh song in chinese called tu zhong so this song describe like when you are in the journey uh, all the like sensations the feeling and also this song for me is about kind of my journey of why uh, like when i decided to come to new zealand and i'm going through this these years uh in new zealand trying to figure out a lot of things in my life so for for me this song is about the journey of life searching meanings searching answers and uh, the solitude part of me i enjoyed yeah that's amazing thank you so much um so we'll be right back after the song break
空车，亦或山王。要去的地方，四野细雨春忙，拍起拍起西荒。听街声，闻市况，或走宿寻常。青戈壁，过断桥，踏入泥土香。一根烟，给路客，借发车星光。阡陌在鞋跟上，无所谓远方。趟出这天枯寂，就趟过生长。遇见风，起水浪，就遇过虚妄。人如情。可回望，就人过西荒，一如年少模样。苦旅一伙迷香，欢喜一伙追望，你要去的地方。深草和滚落衰亡的陡坡，给蹭过车的老司机递烟解乏，不惦记竹筒成语录的事儿。你要爱荒野上风声，胜过爱贫穷和思考。乌冬时烤雪，池下写长信，早春不过。And you're back on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM. I'm Arina, and you're here with me for Connecting Cultures Features, and I'm with Lin Jiang. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. So before the song break, we talked about your culture, your research, very interesting things. Uh, things I've always wanted to talk to you about. Um,、mm. and thank you for um sharing with us. I think um it was very eye opening for me as well. Um, as a previously international student, like I understand completely、mm. the things you were saying. Um, yeah. So let's talk about other parts of you. Uh, what are your passions? What are your hobbies? What are the things you're interested in doing? Um, besides your when you're not doing your research. Yes. Ah,、uh, I think I'm a, a big fan of dogs. So I'm a dog person. So I really love dogs. We have I we have a dog Guai Guai.、Uh, back in Tianjin, she's with my parents, and she we just celebrated her thirteenth thirteen、uh, year old birthday. Wow! Yeah,、so、but she still looks like a puppy for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so I'm a yeah. And、uh, so I really miss her, and I、uh, sometimes I can、uh, walk my friend's dog to to have a have a touch of the doggies. And recently,、um, I got to know a friend 
uh, via a website called Share My Pet. So it's like connect dog owners and dog lovers who can't have the dog at the moment. So I got to know uh, this friend by this website, and then I start to walk her dog every Saturday. Uh, with uh, yeah, at, at the place near near their home. So that was a kind of, kind of every week my bonding moment with with the doggy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one thing is I really love dogs, and another thing is I love、uh, doing volunteer jobs. So I've been doing、uh, quite a variety of volunteer work,、uh, like the、uh, refugee resettlement pro- program in Red Cross. And、uh, some fundraising for dog rescue, cancer society, and some other、uh, organizations. I quite enjoyed、uh, holding this bucket on the street and just kind of randomly smiling to people.、Mm. <laughs> just sometimes you just feel this authentic connection with strangers. Like you smile and they smile back, and sometimes may even donate one dollar or two and then、uh, talk to you. Um, the re- recently, the volunteer jobs I'm doing are girl guiding,、uh, the Dunedin Net Shelter,、uh, and、uh, a program in a school, and、uh, sometimes a bit uh, 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 planting uh, on the second beach. Yeah, so I quite enjoy doing volunteers. Yeah, and other than that, I'm quite a fan of TV series.、Ah, <laughs> what are you watching? Uh, sorry. What are you watching? Ah,、uh, so I've become quite a fan of The Witcher on、oh. Netflix. It's a good one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that show is really really cool.、Huh. And、uh, also music. So I,、uh, my flat,、uh, my flatmates are quite younger than me, so they are listening to some music and、uh, into some shows、uh, I didn't know before, and I was like really interested into those things. So yeah, so quite a different lot of things. Yeah, other than the study. Yeah, that's that's、mm. really great that you have like a life outside your studies,、um, which is yes, what I, do. <laughs> I do want. Fortunately, yeah, like、um, I think for postgraduate students, it's so important to remember that your research isn't your whole life, and you can. Have other things、mm. to do,、um, so you are a living、yeah. um, example of that. You know, just make time to do things you're passionate about, your hobbies. You make time to、mm-hmm. walk dogs during the weekends. You know, that's very good.、Um, yeah, it's good for your mental health and your physical health as well.、Um, mm, yeah,、yes. very good.、Um, mm. And also, the, all the volunteering you you're doing. I think we met through、uh, like one of the social events.、Um, Like volunteering、yeah. social events, yeah, yeah. So that's really good.、Um, not just for like、um, actually contributing, but also for the networks. Like I can see you're very extroverted.、Um, the fact that you said that you like、uh, coll- being the donation bucket holders <laughs> that says a lot, you know. Yeah,、yes. because that is one of the、mm. that is like.、Um, Some of the volunteering things that people don't like to doing, just put being on the streets,、um, talking to strangers. Sometimes it's very hard to do that.、Um, but for you, like,、mm. yeah, you want to be able to talk to strangers. That's very,、um, very good. Yeah.、Mm. Um, so, like, what, what are the things that you want to do? You know, 
you've been doing a lot of things, but is there anything mm. that you wish you had mm. more time to do, for example? Uh, I think my life so far is quite full on. <laughs> so, <laughs> it is. Yeah. Oh, maybe I think maybe after pandemic, some travels mm. to other countries. Yeah. yeah, that's something. Recently, I, I met a new friend, and she's a, quite a traveling person, and that just inspired me. Yes, the world. I haven't seen a lot of that. <laughs> so, yeah, so maybe some traveling yeah. is on the list. <laughs> what, what countries are you hoping to visit? I think one thing is when I, uh, when I uh, start to learn driving and uh, have like have a steady income i want to actually travel around new zealand first mm-hmm. because being a student you don't have enough money to really go a lot go on a lot of trips so i think new zealand is on the first list like going to some beautiful cities or towns and other places actually china is also on my list because china is so big yeah. and i've already gone to a, quite a lot of cities but there are so many you can explore in China, different geography, different culture, regional culture and cuisine. And other than China and New Zealand, I think uh, Europe. I'm mm-hmm. quite interested in, in Europe and uh, especially after watching The Witcher. <laughs> <laughs> yes. and, uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, also I got a book uh, last year uh, from the organist, uh, from Christchurch, so he was playing the Nova in the in town hall, the the, the organ, mm. and uh, his wife wife uh, wrote this book, really beautiful book about all the uh, organs they went to uh, went to look at and uh, played in Europe, like different organs in different churches in a different church uh, in Europe, and I think if one day I can get a chance to go to Europe, I want to use that book as a reference. Like if I go to this city, see if I can go to see this organ and uh, or maybe go to a concert. So yeah, that, those things are on my list. Yeah, That's really good. The reason why I wanted to ask was um, just knowing what you want to do in the future keeps you excited about life, you know? There, mm. there was a time, um, well, during the pandemic and like um, mm. I've been working from home for a while and um, mm. I haven't been able to go back to Malaysia. There was a time where I felt like a zombie, like I didn't have anything oh. I'm looking forward to. Uh, mm. But now there is, you know, I, I know that mm. some of my family are coming to New Zealand soon. Um so, you know, just having something to be excited about makes life so yes. much better. <laughs> yeah. Um, another thing I want to ask you is how you take care of your well-being. You are a very busy person, um, but somehow you just manage to do other things like you volunteer, um, you make your way to walk the dogs, you know, things like that. Um, you're also extroverted. You like making friends. Um, how do you personally take care of yourself, um, you know, especially during the pandemic? Oh, yeah. I think the pandemic was very challenging for well-being. Yeah, because it was a little bit like what you described. You don't know what will happen in the future. And mm-hmm. at the time for me, I wasn't sure if I can come back to New Zealand and uh, how about my career or all the plans I made at the beginning of the PhD has been changed. So yeah, that was a quite challenging time during the pandemic about well-being, mm-hmm. mental well-being. Yeah, so uh, 
what did I do? Mm, I think I didn't didn't really do very well during the pandemic. <laughs> but when a I came back to New it. Zealand, yeah. So <laughs> after I came back to New Zealand, I um I think one thing is my attitude towards life has changed during the pandemic. Like before the pandemic, I was more like uh, the li- central library in Otago is my home. So it's like I just like want to kind of. I'm not sure it's like hiding or just kind of enjoying being in the library and being with myself. I quite enjoyed my solitude at the time. I go go everywhere just by myself. And I wanted to become uh, like more doing more theoretical work. But I think during the pandemic, because of the pandemic, after this, like after I came to back to New Zealand, my attitude towards life is more, I realized I enjoy enjoy connecting with people i enjoy doing things with people and so not like it's always been in the library anymore and uh, also um i want to do more practical work in practical things like volunteer jobs or my uh, my research has been led to a more practical direction I want to come up with something uh, useful in the schools, like help the parents and the school teachers or the principals, and at the end help the, the international students to achieve what they really want, their happiness and their success. So, yeah, a lot of things has changed. So, yeah, I'm not sure what I've done right or wrong, but uh, yeah, you're just like but you did going. something. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. Um, it's like mm. when you're in survival mode, you just do whatever you can, even though it's just like waking up in the morning, uh, brushing mm. your teeth. You know, just the small steps they help mm. to keep you human <laughs> and yeah. keep you going. Um, I think, yeah. yeah, I think that's worth mentioning as well. Like, you don't have mm. to be doing a lot to k- take care of yourself even just the basic mm. thing basic things when you're um having mm. a hard time it's very important mm. 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 yes yeah um mm. what are you looking forward to do like these days uh looking forward to do these days yes yeah. like um are you looking forward to do anything in the next month um because now you're finishing up your phd mm. Ah, yes. I think um, I'm looking forward to actually is because I from my uh, some practical works in with the school, I think I found some more uh, like the direction of my writing is more I'm more certain about this now. So I think I will have a, a round of jumpstart of my project again like with this new direction or this new, the, the center of the, the writing. So I think that is something I'm looking forward to. Mm. That's exciting. Um, yeah. One more thing before we end the show. Um, mm. Do you have any advice to the p- people listening, you know, maybe international students or just people in the community in general, um, if mm. they have felt the way that you felt when you were mm. um, adjusting to Dunedin? Mm. Uh, oh, I don't think I have any suggestions, but I think from my experience, um, sometimes the life could be quite complicated. And sometimes when you are in the searching or in the journey of 
finding some answers, it could be quite difficult. Uh, but if you um, have some faith in yourself and you just uh, keep going and uh, go through some some uh, go through this journey, I think, and uh, you will get to somewhere. I think I can have this. Um, how's that? Uh, I feel like at the end you can get to somewhere, um, and if you are you have faith in this journey, uh, that destination you finally got to will mm, brighten your life, I think, or give you a center of what your uh, who you are or the existence of this person. That is, yeah, it is sort of quite, quite confusing saying, but yeah, that is something I recently realized. Mm. That's very good. It's very positive as well. Um, and it's definitely something a lot of us needed to hear. And I'm really <laughs> glad that you got to share that with everyone today. Um, so mm. one last thing. Uh, you brought another song for us to play. Can you share with us the uh, yeah. other song? Yeah. Yeah, can, uh, so the next song will be uh, a ch- cello performance from Yuyuma, my favorite cellist, uh, Bach, cello suite number one in G uh, major. So uh, Yuyuma uh, always uh, play this song in a uh, different concert, and he talked about this was the, sorry, the, the piece of work uh, his father taught him when he was three years old, I think. Um, and this uh, special piece of work for him is very special. And he used this work to uh, represent uh, his um, how's that? his values or perspectives of uh, we can connect uh, through culture. When we start to uh, try to understand or uh, get interested in other culture and we start to connect, this uh, he he came to Christchurch in 2018, and I went to the concert uh, there, and that was such an inspiring moment in my life. So after that, I really like his work about um, like how to connect cultures through music or through how we understand life. Mm-hmm. Yes, so this is about this song, and that is beautiful and perfect for the mm-hmm. show. Um, yeah. Thank you so much, Lynn, for being here today with us and sharing us your journey. I really appreciate you opening up and um, sharing yourself with us. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. 
Listening to Connecting Cultures features on RFM. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.